You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. A few days ago, I was working with a client who was trying desperately to save his marriage, and he started telling me that he had been working on this for a while. He'd been reading a lot of books, getting a lot of information off the internet, and was really working hard to get this going. And as he was moving along, he realized that it wasn't quite going the way he wanted to. Things weren't turning around the way he expected them. And so he contacted me to get some coaching to see if we could check out uh, what he was doing and if I could give him some feedback on his approach. So his phrasing at the beginning is what caught me because I want to talk about his question. He said, you know, I really don't know if I'm helping or harming. I really don't know if I'm helping our situation or if I'm harming it, if I'm making things worse. And that's why I'm calling. Can you help me understand whether I'm helping or harming? So I sat down and we talked a little bit about the difference between the two. What that looked like. What is the difference between helping the relationship moving along and harming it? Now, recognize that when people are listening to my podcast, I already know one fact. You're not out to hurt the relationship. You're not out to do more damage. You're out to try to bring it back to life. You're the one who's taking that on. You might even feel that your spouse is working to take it apart while you're doing everything you can to put it back together. Have you seen that video where you know the person is uh, trying to, to pick up some snow in the parking lot of, of a grocery store? And so he's got you know, a, a basket. You know, he's got one of the, the baskets you push through the grocery store, and he's shoveling into that basket. He doesn't seem to notice that it's just the grid, right? It's just the wires. And so he throws it in, and it goes right back on the ground. He's not doing anything to help. Sometimes it can feel like that when you're working on it. So you don't know whether it's really helping or whether there's no effect or worse yet if there's an ill effect. Sometimes we do things to be helpful that aren't so good in the payoff. An easy place to look is, for instance, the eating advice we've been given over the years. And it turned out that a lot of the advice that was in our minds helping us was really harming us, getting in our way. It was harming our capacities to move forward. And so sometimes we think we're doing the right thing, only to find that it's really a place where we're getting in our own way, where we're actually tearing down exactly what we're trying to get back together. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between helping and harming. So I want to talk about some harming behaviors, and I want to compare them to helping behaviors. The first harming behavior is our tendency to try to convince. People are often trying to convince a spouse of why they should stay in the relationship. It makes sense, right? If you could just help the other person see why it's so important, convince them of that. The fact is that in the middle of a crisis, trying to convince somebody to see it your way when they've already anchored down in their place is harming. It doesn't move things along. You, you think it's going to. You, you think if you just had that right logical argument, talking to them about the kids or, or money or you know, the promises you made or something that's going to pull them back in. First of all, most of the time, a spouse sees that as being guilt-provoking. 
not convincing. Second, it looks a whole lot like begging as you're trying to please, please, please get them to come back in. And so in the end, one of the major harming approaches I see people do is try to convince a spouse as opposed to a helping behavior, which is to try to connect with a spouse, to not worry about trying to convince them into the marriage as much as to connect back in the relationship. I want you to remember this central fact. Connection is the lifeblood of a relationship. As that lifeblood is choked off, as the circulation of connection is choked off, the relationship begins to be starved of life begins to pass out, it begins to die away. And so part of what we're trying to do is reestablish that, uh, that flow. We're trying to give it CPR, you know, keep that life blood going. And so we're trying to reconnect with a spouse. And so the ways we connect are very, very clear. They don't need to be pressuring. They don't need to be chasing. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But they need to be connecting, trying to create that connection with a spouse. Another harmful behavior is arguing. Now, arguing is when we take that, that trying to convince to the next level of exchanging jabs. You know, to have an argument, two people have to be going after it. Two people have to be countering each other. You know, if you've ever been in an argument, what you're trying to do is kind of push the way through, right? Find that place where the logic fails. It ends up being kind of a debate, each of you have your points, and in the end, the debate, and the cool thing about a debate, if you go on to like the debate stage, you know, to a debate um, uh, a competition, there's somebody who's going to judge it, but who judges it when it's between you and your spouse? So the arguing assumes that somebody at some point is going to say, okay, you're right. That's not how arguments work when it's between spouses, so arguing isn't going to do it. Remember a helpful behavior of support. How can you support your spouse? Not, not in moving towards taking the relationship apart, but about being supportive to a spouse in the difficult time this is. That's kind of a different approach to say, wow, you know, I recognize that things have gotten tough. To be supportive of the difficult time you're in. That's a different behavior. Another harmful approach is blaming Blaming tends to be one of those drop-back points for people. When something's not going the way we like, we immediately would like to look outside of ourselves to see where the fault is. So you begin to blame people or events or things. And it's very common in the midst of a marriage debate to start talking about the things to blame. A spouse might be to blame, or the spouse's family to blame, or the spouse's uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, exes, all these other people, the kids, the money, the stress of the job, all of these things can be the blame out there of why things aren't working. The problem with blame is, first of all, the spouse is going to deny it has anything to do, and second, it places the capacity of change away from you. That's the only place that change can happen. So when we blame, first we go into a defensive mode, and second, we put the other side into a defensive mode. We put our spouse into a defensive mode and anybody else that's with them in a defensive mode. So what would be a more helpful approach? Looking to change. When we work to change ourselves, then we move away from that blame pace, that, that the harming place, 
to a helpful place. Remember, in all of this, you're the one who has the capacity of changing where you are and potentially of the relationship because you can change your part of the relationship. Now, let me be very clear that I am not at all suggesting that there is something fundamentally wrong with you that you've got to correct. That's not my assertion here. I believe that you, me, and everybody else has the capacity of growth and change. Part of what happens as we go through life is we get stagnant. We stop making the necessary changes, and when we stop growing, we grow stagnant. What happens? We get into a a worse place. We actually begin to contract. You see, we're either growing or shrinking. That's the only way we can go. And so when we get stagnant, the capacities of bringing new energy go away. Think about this for a minute. The last time you really got involved and interested in something, did you bring a lot of energy back into the relationship or into life because of that? Maybe you were super excited about what you were doing and and you could feel the energy. And so that energy infected you, but you took it into all of your life. As opposed to when there's nothing new going on and it's the same old, same old and it's the drudgery of the day and you stop with the energy. In fact, the energy begins to leave you. And as that happens, we tend to do one thing. Look for energy somewhere else. We start looking for where we're going to be energized by someone else. So remember this. We have to produce our own energy. That's the nature of it. We are our own energy producers. And so when we decide to change, and we always have the option of deciding to change and grow, then we're doing something helpful for ourselves and therefore for the relationship. Okay, so another harmful behavior, one of the biggest ones I see, is people who are trying to do this by the seat of their pants. Just trying to do whatever it takes in that moment, not ever having a real clear idea of how they're doing it, just kind of flying along, doing the best they can, no matter what's coming their way. They're, they're trying to work on this, flying by the seat of their parent, pants. It's the same thing I've said many times with parents. You know, they haven't thought through how they're going to deal with things, and so they're parenting by the seat of their parents. We also tend to work on marriage crisis by the seat of our pants. We deal with that moment. We don't have an overall piece, an overall plan. So now we drop back to what's helpful, having a plan. When I say plan, I'm not talking about a few scraps of paper or a book that you saw somewhere that you you haven't really gone through and digested or, or something else. It's having a written out plan. When I'm working with VIP uh, members, I have a VIP membership program where people can get coaching and tools and lots of training. And one of the things I have in there is a fill-in-the-blank plan because what I want people to do is print out the form and fill it in so that they know exactly what they're going to be working on in the 3C area that I talk about of, of working on the relationship. How do you connect with your spouse? Specific steps. How do you change yourself? Specific steps. How do you create a new path? Specific steps each way. That's a plan. And when you have a plan, you're no longer flying by the seat of your pants. You know exactly where you're headed, and that keeps you focused in the right direction. Now, there's another harmful behavior, and that is chasing a spouse. Now, I just said, you know, this is about connecting. That was my first point. That was the first help, connecting, but not connecting by chasing. When you connect by chasing, you have the problem that they run faster. 
you know, it's kind of like if, if you've got a dog, you know, you run after the dog and the dog runs faster away from you, right? But if you slow down, the dog often comes back towards you. And it's the same uh, with everything in life. You know, you, it's, it's true uh, if we chase after success, success tends to stay a little bit distant from us. If we chase after happiness, it stays a little bit distant. But if we work on success, if we work on happiness, if we work on calmness and letting that dog come up beside us, that tends to work a lot better. That's the inviting side. And so what's more helpful is working on the inviting piece. And a part of that invitation is an apology letter. That's what I use as a beginning point of saying, hey, I know where I went wrong in the past. It's one of my specific pieces of that plan I was talking about. In fact, I do training with that with the VIP members so they understand exactly how to craft that apology letter. Because what we're trying to do is create a a level playing field that we can then invite our spouse into connection. So the inviting is the helpful behavior. The harmful piece is the chasing. Another harmful piece is monofocus. What that means is that you're so focused on saving your relationship that nothing else in life matters. Because when things aren't going well there, then all of life seems to get rocked. So part of our task is to make sure that we're taking care of more of our life, having other interests and other uh, friends around us and, and making sure that we have relationships with our kids and family and other pieces and having hobbies and eating well and exercising. That's where we can begin to uh, self-expand. That's the helpful part. If harmful is monofocus, helpful is self-expansion. How do you grow into the world to make sure that you're you're expanding into a bigger presence. In fact, presence is the help. Showing up, being a part of things, that's presence. When I am present, I'm not scared to say something. I'm not hiding on my phone. I'm not looking at all the media. I'm not hiding out in the basement or the man cave or hiding at work or anything else. Presence means showing up, being there, truly being there. Like, When I'm there, I'm listening and responding. That's the presence. That's showing up as I've talked about it on podcasts. The harmful part that's different than that is having fear or anxiety drive you. And fear and anxiety are about the same thing. You know, that's what drives you. When fear is driving our behavior, it generally puts us in a bad place. When anxiety drives our behavior, it puts us in a bad place. As does avoidance. Sometimes I've talked with people and the spouse says, man, you know what? If you had just listened to me three weeks ago, three months ago, we wouldn't be at this place. But you avoided looking at our situation. You didn't want to know how bad things were. Avoidance often compounds the problem. Okay, another harmful approach is a haphazard approach. It's kind of like seat of the pants. A haphazard approach happens because you see some article about how to save your marriage, and so you read about that, and you start trying to implement that. And then you see another one, and you try to do that, and you see another one, you try to do that. Maybe you grab one program, and you work on it, and you see another program, and it says save the marriage, so you might as well try that one too. And what you don't realize is while the focus is the same, saving the marriage, the approach is so different that it actually fights against each other. For instance... My program is about how you connect and rebuild your connections. Basically about rebuilding your connection and growing in a different way. That's that's when you boil it down. That's what we're trying to get to so that you create a we 
of two strong people saying, we're in this together. We've got a team. That's, that's where we're moving towards. But what happens if you start building connection and then you read this thing about, let's say, a 30-day no-contact rule? And so you're building connection, building connection. Things are going really great. And you're like, oh, great. Now it's time to do that no-contact thing. So you do 30 days of zero contact with your spouse. And you wonder why, at the end of 30 days, your spouse is looking at you going, why are you texting me? I thought we were done. I thought you decided we were done. Part of haphazard means that you pull from here and there and you never look to see if it fits together. The helpful way of doing that is to be intentional about your approach. To be clear about your approach. To make sure that your approach is what you're doing day after day. Which brings me to my next help, the four C's, following the four C's of being calm, constant, consistent, and courageous. For years, I've talked about being calm, constant, consistent. But then I had somebody who said, you know, you've also talked about courageous. I'm working on being courageous. And I realized that was the fourth C, that we also do courageous work. Calm, meaning we're not allowing the anxiety to captivate us and drive us. Constant, meaning we're doing this on a regular basis. Consistent, meaning we're doing the same thing over and over again. following the same approach, the same basic theory behind it. And courageous, meaning even when it's scary, we step up and do the work. That's helpful. Another harmful thing is when you start thinking about why you're doing this and all of your reasons why are based in fear, what you're afraid to lose, what you're afraid others will think, what you're afraid this will mean for the kids or for your household or for your retirement or for anything else, or you fear being alone. Those don't last long because our mind, after a while, forgets about the fear. After a while, after you've been fearful long enough, it fades away and nothing's left. So the help for that is to look for your big whys. The big reasons that you want to save your relationship. Like you want to honor the commitment you made in the marriage. You want to show your kids a different way. You want to break a pattern that's been true in maybe your own life, but maybe in your family's life, or maybe just in culture that you're tired of seeing that. Those are big whys. There are lots of big whys. Whenever you sit down and you say, okay, why am I saving this relationship? You get rid of all the ones. You set them aside. It's not that they're not there, the ones that are fearful. It's not that they're not there. They just won't carry you. Focus on the ones that will carry you, the big whys, the big reasons why you'll be doing this. Okay, so now here's the thing. If you're looking at that list and you're going, man, I keep hitting the harms. I'm not doing the helps. I'm doing the harms. I'm going to invite you to grab my Save the Marriage system. You can grab that by going to savethemarriage.com slash grab just to jump right into it. Savethemarriage.com slash grab. If you've heard about this, if you've heard me talk about this, if you've seen the webpage, there's no need to go through all that again. Let's get you going. Savethemarriage.com slash grab. That will get you started immediately with the system. If you want to read about it, go to savethemarriage.com. You can do lots of reading and look at the reviews and all kinds of stuff there. Savethemarriage.com. The reason that's important is because I lay out approach that is consistent, that you can work constantly, that you can find your calm because you know what's going on. I encourage you to take that courageous step. You're able to have a plan. You're able to move forward because you understand and it's expanding you as you go because you're connecting with your spouse and you're inviting them into the process. That's where we move you into the helpful category. Now, right now, if you grab the system, a couple of other pieces I have for you. One is 
I'm going to give you a get started session with one of my coaches. It's the best way to get started. My coaches will talk with you for about 15 to 20 minutes to make sure that you have yourself focused in the right direction. That there's no obligation with that call. We just offer it to make sure that you, you've gotten started. You're moving in the direction you need to go. You can, all you have to do is claim that off your download page after you have completed the process. The other is I'll give you a free week of VIP. Now you have to accept it. I don't, I don't just sneak it in there. You have to accept it when I offer it. But that free week is only available when you're grabbing the Save the Marriage system. You just have to raise your hand when I say, hey, fill in the blanks and tell me that you want to be in. You have to do it there. We get you signed up. We get you a week free that will give you the tools, including all of the training on the apology letter, the fill in the blank plan, all that good stuff. That's the piece that you want to make sure you don't miss. Save the Marriage System gives you the basic understanding, but now we're going to turbocharge that process and get you going. The place to start. If you've already heard enough, go to savethemarriage.com slash grab. That's savethemarriage.com slash grab. But if you need to read more about it, no problem. Just go to savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.